Howdy. This is the Views from the Shop podcast. I'm your host, your one and only host, Tim Miller. And today, Friday, happy Friday, happy weekend, Friday, January 5th, 2024. I wish you a very, very, very happy National Screenwriters Day. Today's show is, as always, presented by Big Banter Sports. And I'm just going to let you know right now, I might be a little off my game on this show, and I'll tell you specifically why. I am about 10 minutes post cleaning up my smoothie that I have just about every morning. A little protein smoothie. Get the day started off right after you go to the gym. It's all good. But I was in the bathroom, and I, I step into something that is wet and cold. I look down, and it is somehow about... A tenth of my smoothie that is somehow spilled on the floor. I didn't do it. I know that I didn't do it. I don't remember tipping my cup in any way, according to my recollection. I didn't hear any splashing sound onto the floor. I don't get it. It's a mystery. But one of you are behind this. And I'm determined to figure out how it happened. So for that reason... Maybe a little off my game today, okay? So stick with me, but we're going to have fun. We're going to break down Indiana. Before we get into an Indiana breakdown, can I just ask you for one simple favor, and it is that. If you are not either A, subscribed to the show wherever you get your podcast, B, following on Twitter, number three, following on Instagram, or D, following on YouTube, Can you please just do that? Would appreciate it. Always love a bump in numbers and makes me feel happy so that there's that. If you're into the emotional type of thing, if you're more logical and you make decisions that way, well, it's going to make the show better. And for that reason, it will make your life better because the more numbers we get, the more we can do with the show. But appreciate you. If you already are a first listener and if you're subscribed already following on Twitter, Appreciate all that. We're going to talk about Ohio State's matchup with Indiana today. We're going to break down the Hoosiers kind of up and down season. We'll talk about some key players and some key matchups to watch for. And then we've got keys to the game. And yes, of course, we've got banger bets and predictions all loaded up for you on today's show. And about 30 seconds before hitting record for this podcast episode, I was checking the weather. I don't remember why, but I was. And I see snow is in the forecast, at least for my area, about an hour outside of Columbus. Snow is in the forecast for Saturday and for Sunday. So we may get treated to a little Saturday night barn burner, potentially, between Ohio State and Indiana. And not only that, We'll get treated to it with some snow. We can cozy up next to the TV and hope that Bruce Thornton and Roddy Gale, Felix Akpara, all the fellas keep us warm for a victory against Indiana. So there's that as well. I think that before I get into this preview with Indiana, I've got a bone to pick. And I don't think it's necessarily with Indiana fans or with the program, but it's more so with college basketball media in general, in terms of where Indiana is positioned in college basketball lore, I guess you can say. Here's the issue I have with Indiana. I'm just going to, I'm going to come out this show and I'm going to be firing on all cylinders, given the splash and spill that happened allegedly 
on my bathroom floor. Now, we know Indiana. We know the state is known as a through-and-through basketball state. I got a chance in high school to practice at the gym where the movie, I believe it's called Hoosiers, right? Hoosier? Hoosiers? That movie was filmed. I got to practice there. Hickory, something or other. Learned all about the history. Yeah, that was that was really fun. But this is a basketball state. Indiana basketball right now, sitting at 10-4 and four, and 2-1 and one in the Big Ten. Do you know where they are ranked in the state in Ken Palm? Where are they ranked among teams that are in Indiana in Ken Palm? Well, it's easy to know that Purdue is ahead of Indiana. But are you aware that Indiana is behind not only Purdue, but Indiana State, Northwestern, and also Butler, Indiana, Hoosiers, Blue Blood, fifth-ranked team in the state of Indiana in Ken Palm. And we're still... We're still calling this school a blue blood. Let me go further. And if Indiana fans get a hold of this episode, I may get drugged, which means I'm going to need the the loyal and faithful followers, the tried and true of this show, to stick up for me. But let's go through some numbers here just because I was curious. Okay? Number one, Indiana has not made a Sweet 16 since 2016. And has just three Sweet 16 appearances this entire century. Ohio State doubles that with six. Indiana, let me let me give you another fun fact. How many Big Ten tournaments has Indiana won? Answer, less than one. Also equal to zero. Indiana has never won a Big Ten tournament. Ohio State has won four. Ohio State has 19 21 seasons this century. Indiana has 12. A blue blood has 12 20 win teams in 23 seasons, 22 seasons. It'd be 23, right? I don't know the exact number. Something like that. Way less than a blue blood should have. Let's go to all Americans. I figured Indiana might have the edge here. Barely Indiana does since 2000. Six all Americans. Ohio State has five. Indiana has made it to eight total Final Fours. And if you are a loyal, loyal listener of this show, you listened to the first episode ever where I basically explained why I'm here. Talking about Ohio State basketball, and it's because it does not get enough coverage. It doesn't get the coverage it deserves. And that it is one of, I believe, eight or ten teams that has made double-digit Final Fours. Ohio State has made ten Final Fours in its program history. Indiana only has eight. Remember, Indiana's a blue blood. Indiana does have five NCAA titles. That's fine. That's four more than Ohio State. But there's a point to all of this, okay? I'm not just here to to drag down Indiana. This is much, much, much more so an Ohio State-centered conversation because I bring you here. If you're pissed off about Ohio State having a few down years, imagine being known as a, quote, basketball school unquote. Imagine being known as a basketball school and having IU's resume since 2000. You would not be pleased. So we have some fans, I've seen it. Some fans are rooting for Ohio State to lose this season so that Chris Holtman will then be fired so that Ohio State can have a new head coach 
so that that new head coach who they have no idea who it would ever be and would never know the first thing about evaluating who should be the next head coach of Ohio State basketball that person is doing for Chris Holtman to get fired so they can get a new head coach so that new head coach can come in and make Ohio State good what if I told you the team on the floor this year isn't all that bad that type of logic by the way is like allowing a traffic light to let you choose what's for dinner the traffic light chooses what you're gonna eat for dinner instead of you making the decision yourself like that that is about as sound of a logic as you can find I'm gonna root for Ohio State to lose so that they can win later that's not how this works sweetie I I, I'm sorry I, I hate to break it to you so again if you're mad about Ohio State basketball how it's performing that's fine sure Ohio State basketball isn't in the phase of life that we'd like it to be it's not the early 2010s and I get that but man Ohio State isn't even known as a basketball school. Indiana is known as a blue blood basketball school. And their resume does not stack up anywhere near Ohio State's. So there's that. I just, I need to get that out of the way. Indiana fans may feel the exact same way. I'm sure there's some that probably do that are pissed off about this team being known as a blue blood and not having any results. Others probably just will will throw on their their candy cane pants and their uh what color red maroon i don't even know what what red specifically indiana has but they're remote ramoon uh, that's like hand me the tv marote uh they're they're red shaded colored glasses and say shut up guy you don't know what you're saying well the facts don't lie and and they do not care how you feel either just the facts it's just the facts so let's get into indiana if i'm gonna open the show like that you've got to understand indiana probably not doing all that great right now so they're 10 and 4 they're 2 and 1 the record sure it looks better if you're just a box score watcher you would say hmm this game should be more impressive if ohio state wins than the win it had over alabama because alabama's only 8 and 5 well shut up first of all don't be a casual and second of all, I'm sorry for yelling, but let me explain. So Indiana right now, again, they are they are well outside, not well outside, but well outside where they would like to be, probably, in Ken Palm. They're ranked 108th in the net rankings, and they're 1-4 in, in quad one games this season. This is, as of right now, a quad two game for Ohio State because it is on the road. And if you look at their schedule, it's been a very, very roller coaster type year for Indiana, where they've been up, they've been down, they've been flipped, they've been tossed, they've been turned, and now they're into January into Big Ten play, saying mm, that was interesting. I probably wouldn't do it again. That is my that's my take on roller coasters, but teach their own. So they picked up some close wins over Army and Wright State. To start out the year to improve to 2-0 and 3-0. And then they got absolutely dumped by UConn. Then they beat Louisville. Which, as we know, is about as impressive as beating Coppin State. Sorry, Coppin State, for catching a stray. But you just have. Uh, they won their first Big Ten game of the season over Maryland. They then beat Michigan. And you're gaining some momentum here, right? Maryland, Michigan, maybe not in the top half of the Big Ten, but if you can start Big Ten play 2-0, Ohio State couldn't even do that. And they played freaking Minnesota in Penn State. So we give Indiana credit there. And then they got hammered by Auburn. 
they gave Kansas a fight this season. They only lost by four. They led for most of the game, got into some foul trouble, and ended up losing that game at home. Electric atmosphere, fun game to watch. That was before the Ohio State-UCLA game. And now Indiana has just lost to Nebraska by 17, which begs a couple questions. Number one, are both of these teams bad? Number two, is Indiana just really bad? Or number three, is Nebraska good? How do we deal with Indiana losing by 16 to Nebraska? Well, that's a good question. And Ohio State is going to have a chance to kind of add to some color on this Indiana team this season. So that's Indiana's resume. Let's talk about some offensive and some defensive matchups to watch out for. So Indiana, as a team, they're averaging 75.9 points per game. They've got 109.5 offensive rating. Some of their offensive metrics are really, really good. And the field goal percentage is one of them, which we'll talk about in just a second. But this Indiana basketball team, I said it heading into the the season i said for indiana this is going to be a paint centric team and i'm not sure what the guard play is going to look like and well that's pretty much been the case so far so indiana is averaging 38.6 points per game in the paint this season that's 92nd percentile malik renew averaging 10.7 points per game in the paint which is more than nearly anyone in college basketball trey galloway kalel ware also huge contributors there, but that has led to Indiana having one of the better field goal percentages in all of college basketball. They shoot 49% from the field, which is insane. Nearly half of your shots from the field are going in if you are wearing an Indiana jersey so far this year for the Hoosiers. So that's really good. Their paint offense, really, really good. What's not so good is the not paint offense any kind of jump shooting or shooting the ball from deep indiana says i will pass on that and they will literally pass the ball or try to drive into the paint to get a shot pretty similar to some teams that we've seen so far this year for ohio state but they will not shoot threes they don't have the personnel for it first of all that's what i said coming into the season they were stacked in the front court they're almost they've got a log jam in the front court in some ways and you've been waiting to see who's going to produce for Indiana. Well, Gabe Cups, Ohio native, he's not really produced yet for Indiana, even after getting his way into the starting lineup. Recent rise in minutes as well. He's only had one game with two May triples. That's it. Jamison Battle does that every single night. And Gabe Cups was potentially going to be Indiana's shooter this year as a freshman stepping in. He's not been able to do it, and he's not even taking threes in the first place. You've got Xavier Johnson, not Ohio State's mm, running back-ish, slot wide receiver, do it all. Uh, but Xavier Johnson on Indiana, just returned against Nebraska. He's only played seven games this season due to a lower leg injury, I believe it was called. You've got the potential for him to produce. I think he shot like 36% from behind the three-point line last year, so pretty good shooter. But he's not produced, and he's also not played a lot for Indiana so far this year. He should be back for the game against Ohio State. Malik Renew, I already mentioned him. He can hit, and he does hit when he's left alone. The Buckeyes will not be able to leave him alone behind the three-point line. He's shooting 47.6% from deep 
so far this season. So Renew is kind of the guy that you're going to be looking out for. But again, they're not shooting threes in the first place. First percentile in three-pointers attempted per game at 14.5. They shoot 14.5 three-pointers per game. You know what? Can I look at this real quick? I'm not going to give you any dead air because I, I should be able to find this pretty quickly here. But let's go to some game recaps for Ohio State. Thank you, College Basketball Analytics, for this. And I don't want to see team four factors. I want to see traditional box score. Wow, that was fast. Thanks, College Basketball Analytics. And thanks for being a sponsor. Let's see how many three-pointers. Uh, are they are they not going to give it to me? I don't want to see the percentages. I want to see the actual amount of threes that they've made. And as it turns out, I'm not going to be able to find this quick enough, probably. Yeah, I won't. But there's probably been at least, no, there hasn't been one game, I don't think. I think the Alabama game was the most threes that they made in a game this season. Let me check that one just, just for kicks and giggles here. How many three-pointers did they make in that one? Come on, give me something. They made 10. They made 10 in that one. So even that one wasn't close to 14. But... Ohio State probably at some point this year. I wouldn't be surprised if they made 14 threes in a game. Indiana is attempting that many in every single game they're playing this year, pretty much. Averaging 14 and a half, that's first percentile. Doesn't get much lower than that. And it, their third percentile and three-point attempt rate. So even when you take into account pace of play, the amount of field goals they get in a game, they're still not shooting the ball from deep. And even with all the size they employ as well, they are not a great offensive rebounding team. 28.3% offensive rebound rate. What is Ohio State's, by the way? Which I know that I can find that pretty quickly. Theirs is 35.8%, which is really, really good. Indiana does not come close to that when it comes to offensive rebounding. That leads to being below average in second chance points, which going into this game, I actually thought Indiana would probably be pretty strong with the second chance points given their size and their rebounding production, all those types of things, well, you don't get a lot of that when you're not getting a lot of offensive rebounds for Indiana. So there's that. That is their offense. It is simply how can we play the little two-man game in the paint? A, a large part of it comes from Malik Renew. Trey Galloway, again, he can get to the hoop. You you look at Kloware as well. Galloway, pretty much like everyone on the team, great in the paint, 61% in the paint and at the rim this season. He's a good distributor, good point man, suffers from turnovers a little bit more than you'd like, but he's going to be a guy that you're just going to not let drive on you. And if you can do that, or if you can make like difficult, if Felix Akpara can scare him away from taking it to the hoop, you might have a good time playing defense in this one on Saturday. Malik Renew, I mentioned him already. He's the matchup I'm most concerned about. I'm not necessarily confident that Zed Key or Felix Akpara can guard him outside the paint. Not that he's outside of the paint all that often, but he will get outside the paint from time to time into the three-point line. It's not all that common from him for him to shoot from deep, but he has gone two of three, one of three, four of four, and two of four in the past five games from deep with a zero of zero game sprinkled in there. But two of three, one of three, four of four, two of four. That is good three-point production for a guy who you would expect to be in the paint at all times. So he's starting to expand his range a little bit. My preference would be to see Evan Mahaffey on him. I think he's got a little more, a little more dexterity, lateral quickness to be able to do, stay on Malik Renew for 30-ish minutes in a game. 
We'll see what happens there. Kalil Ware is averaging 15 points per game and seven rebounds. Great scorer in the paint. Rebounding merchant, not a bad thing. He's going to pull down a bunch of boards. Seven-footer for Indiana. And then McKinsey and Baco. You remember the name? Old friend who we thought uh, Ohio State at some point might be able to get him. They did not. He's he's not really hurt anyone this season. He's got off to a really, really slow start. We know what happened even before the season with him. So Mbako has not been much of a threat for Indiana. And Xavier Johnson, like I said, just returning. He had Big Ten award hype. I never saw it. I still don't see it. It's not too late for him to build a campaign at all. And I will admit to being wrong if he does earn any kind of accolade in the Big Ten in terms of first team, second team, third team, whatever. But I don't see it. So when you're looking at Indiana offensively, you're looking at Malik Renew and Kalel Ware playing a little two-man game in the paint and Trey Galloway trying to, to get to the paint as well. So that's kind of Indiana's offense. Now, while they're really, really solid offensively with production and with scoring, scoring in the paint, all those different things, defensively, not great. They're allowing 74.3 points per game, 107.2 defensive rating. And of course, this team can block shots. Duh. They're big. They're tall. They're lengthy. They're they're just, they're built well, are their centers. They've got a 12.3% block percentage. That's absolutely exceptional. Led by Kalel Ware in that department, standing at seven feet tall. He's averaging 1.5 blocks per game and has really, really enjoyed a coming out party here since his transfer over from Oregon a season ago. Malik Renew averaging just under a block per game. And even at 6'8", Mack and Baco not blocking shots. He's got one shot blocked all season. There are some guards with more block shots than he's got so far. Overall, it's a pretty solid defensive rebounding team, which you would expect. 71.8% defensive rebounding rate, 27 defensive rebounds per game. Ware and Renew are the leaders there as they are pretty much everywhere on this team. You're going to hear those two names, Ware and Renew, constantly as you're watching Indiana this season. And then they've got a couple metrics that aren't really all that great, especially from inside the three-point line. They're giving up a 47.5% field goal percentage when it comes to two-pointers. They're also not forcing a lot of turnovers, a turnover rate, and the assist rate allowed, both not great. And you see this on tape, you've seen this on film, rotations a little slow they struggle mightily to guard players on the perimeter you'll see guys get beat and then you don't see a lot of help so indiana defensively while they're they will get their defensive rebounds due to their size and they will block shots due to their size where are teams like this typically not good it's defending the ball it's rotations anything that that you need some quickness with indiana not the best defensively however i do want to shout out gabe cups defensively this is a player who if you're just watching games or if you have a game on you're probably not going to notice this but if you're really watching indiana closely you're going to see gabe cups is really really good off the ball so he can get his hands on the ball he can get deflections and steals he's super stingy in the passing lanes and ohio state in this one is going to have to be aware of where he is whenever he's on the floor because as you're looking to reverse the ball swing the ball skip passes especially Gabe Cups very very smart he's adjusted well in his first year in college basketball in that regard so it's going to be something to keep an eye on so let's get into some predictions now before we get into that 
Of course, we got to talk about college basketball analytics. That's cbbanalytics.com. You can go over there right now on your phone, on your laptop, on your tablet, whatever device that gives you internet connectivity. Go to cbbanalytics.com and just poke around a little bit. You can see incredibly de detailed reporting that can help you not only know college basketball better, but potentially can help you in, in your sports betting world as well, FYI. You can see shooting zones. You can see player box scores, player profiles, player comparisons, Who, which player is, is comparable to another player from years ago. You can see Ohio State's and other teams' best lineups and combos and on-off splits and things like that so that if you say player ABC sucks, well, do the stats back you up? CBB Analytics will be able to tell you. So go to cbbanalytics.com. If you sign up for an account, you can get your first month free using the code SHOT. That's S-C-H-O-T-T, -T, as in short for Shot and Scene Center and Views from the Shot. Encourage you to check that out today. We appreciate CBB Analytics for being a sponsor of this show. All right. Predictions. I did not even bring a water with me for this episode, and that was unwise. That was very unwise of me, friends, because I'm feeling it at this point about 25 minutes into the show. But let's get into some predictions. And before we get into predictions, we want to do keys to the game. So the keys to the game, if you watch Indiana or if you've listened to this episode, not really all that confusing, right? What does Indiana do? They score in the paint. They're also a very, very good free throw shooting team, but they score in the paint and they are mightily driven by their big men. So what does that mean for Ohio State? Well, number one, they need to keep their own bigs clean, which means no foul trouble. Felix Akpara needs to have an impact defensively in this game. This will be a Felix Akpara, Zed Key, Evan Mahaffey, Devin Royal game. If these guys can play smart, down low, in the paint, defend well, they are going to have the chance to win this game for Ohio State. But they also have the chance, profound, to lose this game for Ohio State. Because if you get into foul trouble, if you cannot defend this two-man game in the paint, if you start to lose your man because you're not guarding the ball and your other man slips inside of you and gets good positioning and then hits a layup, then you're going to lose this game for Ohio State. If Indiana cannot score inside... They cannot score, period. So it's going to come down to when you see Kilowere has the ball and then you see Malik Renew try to slip in to the paint and get better positioning on a Z key or whoever it may be, got to be aware of that backside, the weak side. Players will try to slip in and seal into the paint, get the ball, and get a quick layup. So if you can stop that and if you can stay out of foul trouble, you're going to have a very, very good shot. To win this game number two for Ohio State and I think back to last season's game Ohio State taking on Indiana at Assembly Hall on a Saturday night I believe this game was in maybe not early January but it was in January I want to say actually I think it was in early January because it was before we even started this whole views from the shop podcast podcast
So if you remember that game, Indiana came into it and they just crushed Ohio State. Jalen Hood, Shafino went bonkers. Trace Jackson Davis was insane as well. And Indiana just took it to Ohio State. The atmosphere there was insane. And Ohio State really never felt like they had any shot to win that game. In this one, you're going to have the chance to, number one, put this crowd to bed early. And number two, force Indiana to have to play outside of itself. So number two key to the game for Ohio State is to fire away early. One thing I will say about Indiana may just be me. I have no idea. But the rims at Assembly Hall do not seem all that forgiving. So there's that. But if you can't hit shots, you're going to have a good shot to really take some distance from Indiana early in this game because they shoot and they score twos. If you can add a point per possession or half a point per possession, technically, I guess you would say, based on percentages and all that stuff, then you're going to have a good shot to kind of lull the crowd away and to take this game and, and keep it. And Indiana, like I said, they're not the best when it comes to rotations, closing out on ball defense on the perimeter. They close out slowly at, slowly at times. Mack and Baco, Peyton Sparks are players who I've seen continually be guilty of just slow closeouts, ideally. When I have your, your defender square into the shooter with two hands up, you want to chop into the closeout so you can burst laterally if you need to. The issue is that hurts the quads. It's not fun to do. Indiana players have not seemed to like to do it this year. They've also had a chronic problem being out of position in fouling three-point shooters this year. Really, really poor backside movements and rotations defensively. And they're also giving up high, high percentages from the field overall. And behind the three-point line, 35% from the three-point line this season. So not only are they willing to give up shots, they give up more three-pointers per game than most teams. But outside of that, they don't defend it well. Slow closeouts, fouls come into play. So if Ohio State can fire away early, if they can start hitting some shots, if Jamison Battle can hit a couple like he did in the last game against Rutgers, if Bruce Thornton can hit one, if you can see Dale Bonner come in or Scotty Middleton hit one, and halfway through the first half, the Buckeyes are up, I don't know, 19 to 12. At that point, you're already sweating because you know you cannot get back into this game by shooting threes. The only way you can get back into this game is by hoping that you can be really high percentage shooters in the paint while starting to defend better. And we've not seen Indiana be a good defensive team this season. So those are the two keys to the game. Very simple. Number one, keep the bigs clean. No foul trouble. Number two, fire away and, and try to force Indiana to have to shoot and score and pour it in and see if you can get the crowd out of it as well. Let's talk about banger bets. We've got nothing available right now. I should have went back and looked. Our banger bets have been really, really good this season. We hit another, we had a little same game parlay against Maryland where we took Jameson Battle to score 10 points, Roddy Gale to get four rebounds. It cashed three minutes into the second half and that was minus 108 odds, near plus money. It wasn't like minus 170 for it to cash that soon. We crushed it. So what's on the watch list for this one? Well, number one, I think that until the end of time and until we don't have the value there from any sports books, we're going to continue to take a look at Jamison Battle scoring 10 plus points in a game. Now, obviously, we're going to have to layer that into a parlay, which I'm pretty anti-parlays, but if I don't see any value on the board 
in general and it's just one game it's hard to find value when you can really only bet on and have a good feeling for maybe points scored rebounds assists three pointers made stuff like that once you get into the spread once you get into money line once you get into um what is the other word please help me it is uh totals that's the word you, you just, a lot of times there's not value or you don't have a good read on it. So we like Jameson Battle, 10 plus points. We like his three-point numbers as well. We remember that Indiana, not the best at closing out, not the best perimeter defenders. So we'll be taking a look at that. We'll also be looking at team totals and game totals. So Indiana, they score a lot. They give up a lot of points and they play at a very high pace so far this season. So with that, along with the environment probably being pretty crazy, there should be pretty... A lot of energy, a lot of buzz. Players are going to feel it on both sides. And for that reason, we're going to be looking at Ohio State's team total. If we can get this anywhere around the, the mid to upper 70s, we're probably going to take it, especially with Indiana's pace being as high as it is. But even if this game is played slow to Ohio State's tempo, it doesn't matter because Ohio State plays slow and they can still, still score 80 points in a game constantly. So we're going to take a look at that as well. And then in general, we'll take a look at Bruce Thornton, Roddy Gale, the guards, their scoring numbers as well, because again, not a good perimeter defense is Indiana. So final thoughts on this one. Number one, this is a prove it game for Ohio State. We talked at the very top of this show about the fact that Indiana is a blue blood. And although they don't play like it, these fans head into every game with sincere energy. I've heard about it before. I, I know a, a staffer who was previously on Indiana staff a few years ago, and he said the environment in Indiana is among the best in all of college basketball. When they get up for it, it can be insane. So we saw it last year, a lot of freshmen playing in that game for Ohio State against Indiana, and they just did not look ready. This is a big-time prove-it game for Ohio State to win a game on the road to snap the losing streak in the Big Ten when it comes to games on the road to beat a team like Indiana last year's team do they win this game probably not this year's team prove to me that you're different Ohio State has a big chance it's not a statement win it's not going to be a huge win by the end of the year for Ohio State but it is simply a prove it game for me to see okay I'm seeing the strides forward because in last episode when I talked about Ohio State's season grade and, and how they're looking halfway into the season, we haven't really seen them be tested all that much. This is going to be a new test for Ohio State in that we've seen Ohio State play teams that are really, really good in the paint, that like to score in the paint, that have good front courts. But the environment is going to be a factor in this one. It's a Big Ten game. It's on the road. So it's a proven game for Ohio State. That's the number one thing, number one storyline going into this game. Other thing... If Ohio State can hit its shots, again, rims at Assembly Hall, I feel like they're not very forgiving. But if you hit, you'll suck the life out of the arena. And that that fan base is already frustrated with their program. And Indiana does not shoot from three. They don't shoot from deep. They can push the ball up the floor. They can run in transition. But at the end of the day, if you're up by 11 with five minutes left, close out a game, as we've already spoken about. But Indiana, just not all that savvy when it comes to hitting threes. So if you can do that, if you can deny the post, you don't allow scoring in the paint. It's a great free throw shooting team, like I said. But if you can keep this team from scoring in the paint and from making a lot of free throws, then 
at the end of the day, it's not going to be all that tough for Ohio State to win this game. It's a pretty simple formula. Execution is much different, though. Much more difficult. It's how Indiana has been good offensively all season long. So that's what I've got for a preview on Ohio State against Indiana this game. At 7 o'clock on Fox, it feels like it's been promoted a lot. I feel like every game I'm watching, whatever I'm on Fox, for whatever reason, I'm seeing ads for this game all over the place. So there should be a lot of eyeballs on it. It's two really, really good logos and, and programs and things like that. So it's going to draw a lot of eyes. So Ohio State, again, it's a proven game for that reason, too. You're going to have eyes who aren't just Ohio State and Indiana fans watching this game. So we'll have you covered on Twitter, live tweeting through the game, of course, as always. Feel free to reach out with any thoughts, questions you've got. Or, or any Ohio State content in general. Again, find us on Twitter. Like the tweet that you saw that posted this episode so that we can get more eyes on it. Appreciate you listening today. I will shut up before you shut me off. Go Bucks. <laughs>